0: Yael Asowski of the Consumer Choice Center joins us just after 9.30 every Friday morning to break down news here in the States and abroad. Broadcasting to us from Vienna, Austria in lockdown mode once again here this morning. And Yael, I bring you in with a little ACDC and Thunderstruck. I don't know why I think beer every time I speak with you, but uh, this song in particular... uh, because i have uh, some cousins in the family uh, that uh, are college aged kids so when we do our annual trip uh, to the outer banks uh, you know as a kid i was more of a beer pong type of uh, competitive uh, drinker but these days thunderstruck is the new fad and every time uh, the lead singer from uh, or the chorus says thunder you're in a circle with uh, a can of beer and you have to start drinking And then uh, you stop once the word thunder is said again. And there are a couple of riffs in here where thunder goes on for, you know, a good 90 seconds to up to two minutes. And you basically have to chug your entire beer. My wife, not much of a beer drinker. And uh, that long uh, thunder pause between words always happens to find her. And uh, she did it like a champion. play like a champion. And she did with the family that's when you know you're in when you could chug a can of beer to thunderstruck uh, yeah yell. i don't know what the initiation is for your family but uh that's partly due to get into the katanachi clan wow
1: I, i i feel as if i'm going to be explaining what drinking games are to my daughter after being locked down forever and uh, not being allowed to gather in groups. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty worried about that, but I love the idea. I might, uh, might take that on here once things opened up here in a couple of weeks. I
0: think maybe a Zoom call uh, is uh, on par for, for you and I, and we could play a uh, round of uh, Thunderstruck uh, day drinking at some point. Uh, what do you say?
1: yeah that's great it's I, I've had to live with this for a couple of years do the staggered uh, things especially with the time difference uh, so either I'll be uh, I'll be up incredibly early or uh, or you will so we'll, we'll figure it out
0: well you can do your happy hour and it'll be my lunchtime which I don't have a problem with
1: yeah okay that works out for us this is this is what uh, having consumer choice is all about being able to do this and take it on so uh, I love it Joe Uh, Be sure you bring your broadcast, mic, and we'll stream it out to the world.
0: (laughs) What are your thoughts on the Canadian restaurant owner charged with trespassing after reopening his store in defiance of lockdown orders north of the border?
1: Well, if I can go back to the theme of the uh, the last segment, uh, it all comes down to meat, baby. Uh, It actually is, uh, his name is Adamson. Uh, So it is a barbecue restaurant, Texas style uh, in Toronto. Uh, David and I talked about that on our show last week. Um, I'm actually a a big fan of uh, these different kind of moves of civil disobedience. Um, I think uh, many of the rules that are are being crafted right now are not very clear. Uh, There was one I was just discussing earlier today about alcohol delivery. Uh, Alcohol delivery was actually okayed. uh, So you could go to restaurants here in Vienna, you could get some alcohol and uh, take it to go. Uh, But the government just changed that rule all of the sudden. Uh, And that's something that in Canada, they actually have allowed in certain areas. But man, to see different restaurateurs start to rebel, I think shows that there's a lot of frustration underneath. And it's just a lot of unfairness. Uh, You probably saw the video, and I think you might even played it on the program, Joe, of the... Restaurant owner in California not able to serve her customers on her socially distanced patio while she's right beside the huge Hollywood production crew who put up their makeshift tent and meal. It's this kind of injustice and unfairness that a lot of business owners are definitely seeing, and I think it's gonna be, a lot of clients and customers are gonna start to realize that as well. So uh, if if the government doesn't start getting things in order, uh, we could see more of this coming up.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just uh, when we talk about uh, the blood, the sweat, uh, the tears that go into building a business, particularly within the restaurant industry, we know the profit margins are so narrow and uh, that uh, it is just a complete mess out there for a lot of people and they don't know where to go. And oftentimes, uh, well, there's been a conscious effort over the years here. Uh, To put more of a reliance on government, uh, but it's the government shutting you down and then the government telling you that, uh, you know, well, maybe we'll give you some help and throw you a bone, but it's only going to last a a couple of weeks. Why not just uh, allow some of these places to open and uh, conduct their business the way they see fit and let the people choose whether or not uh, they feel it is safe or not to go and uh, attend and, and, and do what they do inside these different places of business.
1: And one thing I've heard in uh, in New York is that there are a lot of these ghost kitchens. Uh, these have been coming up for a while. So if any of you order your food via app, uh, many times you'll see the name of the restaurant and you think, you know, I've never been to that place. And if you were to go, it's actually not a place that you can go and sit down. It's actually just one kitchen kitchen. And uh, they created a brand, and they only do food to go. So what many restaurants started doing is they started collaborating with other restaurants that were not allowed to serve customers indoors, created their own ghost kitchens, and they were able to serve food and get it out and get it marketed to many of these apps. They had to innovate, you know, and that's exactly what is the greatest thing about American entrepreneurship, and not allowing that and seeing these kind of willy-nilly changes, especially that... Governor Cooper kind of throws on in North Carolina every couple of weeks, none of which is based on science, uh, hashtag science. Uh, many of this sort of uh, regulations are very arbitrary. Uh, they seem as if they are all these metrics that are kind of ginned up. Uh, we should just allow people to be responsible. Joe, you we've talked about this a good amount. And I know that many of the people who call into your show or listen to your show they believe they can be responsible in their own way certainly business owners know that they know they can be liable uh, so there's a lot that goes into that and I, I think it's this kind of stuff that really makes us think what would you know the grand restaurant tours of our day actually think about this and it, it led me to start thinking about anthony bourdain anthony bourdain unfortunately he's been gone for for two years uh since he died in in paris uh, amazing restaurateur. Some of you might have seen his shows on CNN, Discovery, all the rest. Uh, no reservations. He tore around and travel and eat and meet restaurant owners and uh, meet different people from the community. He went to all these different countries. Um, and he wrote a great book, um, 14 Rules uh, for Life." And essentially, in that, you know, he talks about the grunt of the restaurant industry, of entrepreneurship, of cooking, of coming up things up. I really started to think about what would Anthony Bourdain think of the lockdowns right now. And I was reminded of that because in Montreal, uh, there's one restaurant owner that is uh, going against civil disobedience, against the local provincial regulations, and he's selling alcohol for cash uh, right outside of his restaurant. And that same business owner was on the Anthony Bourdain show a couple of years ago. Um, I think Bourdain would be probably front of the line at many of these lockdown protests. He understands how important restaurants are, uh, how important it is to get people out there, and that Business owners can be safe and responsible, and they know how to take measures. These are risk-taking people, uh, but they know how to mitigate that risk where necessary, especially when it comes to health measures. I think Anthony Bourdain would be number one up there. So maybe he would be a very needed voice right now in the, in the continued debate over lockdowns.
0: Yeah, it's uh, just uh, well I mean— uh enough is enough and that's uh, what uh, these business owners are saying hey you shut us down at the beginning of the year you told us two weeks here we are six months later uh, we're climbing back out of a hole slowly but surely if we're still alive and around and you're putting us back into a lockdown and really you know that second knockout punch is one that you don't wake up from and uh, you can never pull yourself back up and uh, you know make something of what you've poured your livelihood into and uh, that's the case for tens of thousands hundreds Today, of thousands of people Trade Commission- that's hundreds of thousands of people uh, across uh, our country and around the world dealing with the, this messed up situation. Yael Osowski with us from the Consumer Choice Center. Yael, come on. Uh, really? You're telling me that Joe Biden can champion some of the ideas to woo the Trumpsters out there? Please explain yourself in that statement to me.
1: Yeah, I, I knew you would uh, get a kick out of that. Sorry for the audio before. I, I'm messing with my brand new soundboard. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's for the FCC. We're compliant here. Yeah. So this is an article I wrote up in Inside Sources. Uh, The idea is like, look, let's look at the early, early uh, Donald Trump coalition, people who voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Let's look at some of the ideas that were championed during the Trump administration and how Biden could take those on and not necessarily teeve off much of the progressives nor the moderates in the Democratic Party. And it's a lot of things that I think a lot of American people are now coalescing behind. Number one uh, is to start to think about foreign wars. Uh, Obviously, it's a Freedom Friday. Uh, This is uh, the time that on your radio show, Joe, uh, you like to pay tribute to men and women who've uh, lost their lives and their families uh, in pursuit of of basically freedom for this country uh, everywhere and around the world. And many people have um, been sent to many of these wars, and the politicians don't know what they're doing. And we've been in these wars for a long time. It's time to come home. I think there's a, a lot of different... Surveys that are being done on this showing how much people are just very tired of the ongoing wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Many times, actually, Trump has tried to withdraw troops and has been stymied by members of his own administration or the Pentagon and all different branches of government. I think that's one important one. Uh, Another one is just restoring the balance of power. You know, we've had such a fixation on the presidency the last... I'd say 20 or 30 years, but it's actually the Congress that should have leadership on a lot of these matters, specifically war. They're supposed to declare it. <laughs> it's not supposed to be just the, the president shooting one off. I think that's one important one. Another one is, is um, I think, very laudable, and that's criminal justice reform. Uh, so obviously, Donald Trump will not get enough credit for doing what he did in signing the First Step Act, uh, this basically is, is trying to reform the prison population and our entire criminal justice system to make sure that we just don't leave people rotting in jails for nonviolent crimes. And they really did a great job. Um, and I think there's a lot of Republican state governments that have been doing a great job in Florida and North Carolina and many other states, Pennsylvania, too. Uh, I think the Biden administration can continue that. Mostly it's something that people support. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different unions and such that are trying to stop that in the end. So that's definitely one. And then I guess the most controversial um, is trade. And I know that uh, the Donald Trump story is one about opposing the unfettered free trade of the 1990s. Uh, but I do think there are a lot of people who, like Donald Trump, who might have voted for Donald Trump, who also understand the benefits of globalization, in which we really do benefit. Uh, specifically as Americans. Uh, There's a lot of questions about jobs and shifting jobs overseas, uh, but the remedies that were proposed when it comes to tariffs uh, were actually very ruinous, and these things were very expensive. They were very bad for uh, North Carolina farmers as well because they actually weren't able to export as much either uh, when it comes to pork and when it comes to corn, when it comes to um, many of the plants that we're able to do and hopefully hemp one day in North Carolina. I think that obviously Biden is going to try to go back to a, maybe a you know center-right, center-left uh, consensus on trade. I think it would be a good thing. I think there are members of the early Trump coalition that would be in favor. But yes, it's definitely tough. We're, we're still in a, a kind of nationalistic age, Joe. So I don't know if that's going to pass muster. Um, look. There's no way that Joe Biden is going to be a Republican president, but uh, we can kind of grasp from him winning the primary that it's not going to be total progressive craziness. Uh, but we still do need to keep the presidency in check and, and anyone that he might appoint.
0: Well, of course, uh, with the big runoff elections set for uh, the state of Georgia and the control of the Senate uh, at the uh up for grabs right there in January 5th, I believe, is the date uh, that will determine a lot as far as where that agenda goes uh, moving into the next uh, couple of years. Yael, uh, one of the other things that we often talk about uh, during your Consumer Choice segment on our show every Friday, of course, you can tune in to Yael and his colleague Dave Clement uh, as part of the Consumer Choice radio show Saturday morning here on the Big Talker FM. Uh, we often talk uh, about social media, uh, the impact uh, big tech has on our society, uh, what lawmakers are trying to do to clamp down on uh, big tech. Uh, a lot of folks, of course, uh, really uh, at odds right now with uh, some of these uh, companies and platforms based on uh, the news that uh, s- somehow, some way broke this week uh, that uh, Hunter Biden has been under investigation since 2018. Uh, Twitter decided to suppress uh, and uh, censor uh, the New York Post, who broke that story. They called it Russian disinformation, and now, of course, we're finding out that every news outlet is covering it. And uh, it's been known uh, in the in the world of politics since uh, 2018 that this investigation had been ongoing. Nonetheless, uh, right now, uh, the uh, states uh, many states across the country are getting ready to file a lawsuit or have filed a lawsuit against facebook uh, and uh, what is your thought on that and i know you know the the world is paved with good intentions uh, what uh, what are the ramifications of this lawsuit if we see it through
1: yeah look joe i think uh, as you mentioned uh, earlier in the program with chad and you, you've been discussing this morning uh most of these social media companies make a lot of mistakes And, uh, you know, we could create entire programs just about how how many mistakes they make in content moderation and algorithms and all the rest. Uh, But when it comes down to it, these are great social media innovations. And they're American companies that have done amazing things. And as soon as you have any sort of situation where you have a very successful enterprise that is delivering for consumers, it doesn't matter if it's content moderation or whatever, there's going to be sections of the government that are going to want to step in. And that's what happened this week. Uh, There's a huge lawsuit put together by the Federal Trade Commission, and they've joined up with 46 different state attorneys general. The idea is that Facebook has become a monopoly it's taking all of our time, it's taking all of our our privacy, and uh, needs to be broken up. And the crux of the entire lawsuit stems from the acquisitions of both Instagram, which some of you might be very familiar with, and WhatsApp, which I actually don't know if too many Americans are familiar, but it's a chatting app and a photo app. And that is the case of the government, is that Facebook has grown too big because it purchased both of these things And many people actually laughed at Facebook at the time when they bought these things. You know, they said it was ridiculous to pay $1 billion for Instagram. It was ridiculous to have such a huge cash and stock deal for WhatsApp when none of these apps showed promise back then. And Facebook is laughing now. And of course, when you have any successful innovation that delivers for consumers, as I mentioned, the government's going to go after them. And I think there are a lot of questions to ask about content moderation and the internal politics of companies like Facebook and Twitter and Google and all of the rest. Uh, But I think we should agree that we should not use the government to go after them and attempt to break them up. That's just a terrible precedent for any new companies that might come along. And it also means that you as the consumer are not going to be served because essentially the government just wants its cut, its piece. Uh, There's a lot of different people like the traditional media industry, newspapers. Um, I would put the Joe Cadanacci show apart, but there are many other traditional uh, media outlets that would love to see Facebook collapse or Twitter collapse or any of these companies collapse. Uh, Because they want to be the gatekeepers. And I think that's something that's very important to keep in mind. You know, when you have things like talk radio or you have things like social media, these are great independent entities where people can discuss and debate and have ideas. Newspapers are very much a monochrome. It's one debate, one conversation, uh, one narrative. And that's one great thing about social media networks. Again, you can dislike what they do all day long. uh, But does that mean that you want the government to step in and regulate them? Likely not. We can have great alternatives. Um, Joe, we've talked about alternatives in the past. I know you've spoken about Parler. I use things like Mastodon. Uh, Twitter is is a good one. People use the Telegram app. There's so many of them out there. It's definitely not a monopoly. And it seems as if this is just the government who, you know, seeing that we're stuck at home and being forced to use uh, many different social media apps, now wants to try to intervene and tell us that we can't do that either. So I find that very problematic.
0: Yael Lasowski with the Consumer Choice Center with us. He is host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show Saturday mornings here on the Big Talker FM at 10 a.m. and also part of the Consumer Choice Center, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. You can find about more about what they do and the issues they cover globally at ConsumerChoiceCenter.org. Yael, it's always a pleasure, my friend, and uh, I wish you a happy weekend.
1: Thank you very much, show All the best to you.
0: Always great to check in with our friend Yael, uh, thousands and thousands of miles away, uh, broadcasting uh, with uh, crisp, clean feeds here today uh, from Vienna, Austria. And uh, once again, good friend of the program and host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show here on the Big Talker FM. (laughs)